0: Lord, we love you. Thank you for giving us your eternal word. I pray that any word I speak would be uh, deriving from that, and any word that is not there, uh, that Lord, you would allow it to dissipate um, and be forgotten. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, but there are four people in my household, four out of the six, who are learning musical instruments which is really cool. I mean, I'm not sure if it's one of those, like, things that uh, monkey see, monkey do or whatever. But uh, we, have, uh, we have one, we have Malachi learning, uh, showing some interest in the Cajon. You know, the little box drum you sit on. Uh, We have uh, Ayla's learning the uh, piano, which I'm so thankful someone's learning to play the piano that's in the residence because otherwise they just walk, hey, guys, it's dinner time, clonk, clonk, clonk. Like, hmm, will someone please play that thing? Uh, So she's taking some lessons. Uh, Lisette has recently uh, decided to pick up the acoustic, which I'm very happy about that. Um, And much to all of your surprise, I am learning the bagpipes. All right. We'll see how that goes. But here's the thing, when all all of us are learning some form of instruction, we're we're finding an instructor, be it a app or a human that can be helpful and we trust that that, that instruction will help us to play the instrument correctly. You know, Lissette has this uh, app. It's it kind of reminds me of like Guitar Hero. Kind of only like actual playing a real guitar. Um, we Seal is uh, is helping Ayla learn some scales and just getting her kind of her feet wet with a piano. Uh, Malachi, I am not a uh, professional by any means, but with the house church I came from, I was able to clunk around on the on the cajon a little bit. So helping him, uh, you know, play to a metronome and learn some basic rhythm and, and so forth. Uh, And I am learning from the Highland Bagpipe Tutor Book 1. So if any of you are interested, I can hook you up. Um, And the thing about learning a new instrument is that you want to learn it truthfully. You don't want to learn how to not play it. In fact, you want to know how to not do it and then how to do it. Uh, The bagpipes are the, the, well, basically it's called a practice chanter. It's a bagpipe minus the bag. Uh, so that's what I'm playing, and it, if you make the wrong noise, uh, it really is hilarious. It sounds like a whoopee cushion in various tones, which is so great for someone with a maturity level like mine. Um, it's just so much fun. And actually, um, the uh, National Piping Center uh, says this, which if you have to get scotch humor uh, to maybe appreciate this, but it starts off with the first lesson. Uh, after making any corrections to your uh, fingering, uh, have the made, blow the chanter and your fingers are covering the holes properly, the low, steady G note will be heard. I love this. More likely, however, a wavering or whining note will come out. Thank you for the confidence. But in any case, you learn from something that you trust. You learn what not to do. You learn what to do. And not only that, but I hope one day. Now the bagpipes might be a weird thing, but I hope that it's so much fun. Like I long for the day when our family can be play some music together. Uh, and I've been part of groups before, and it's been so much fun. Uh, in college, uh, I was part of you know a little Christian rock band or whatever. I played the bass guitar. That's my main instrument, and it was so much fun to play. And there would be times and was like, Hey, Nate. Emlet on the drums and then all the rest of us would kind of back out and you know he'd do his little thing like animal on the muppets and then he'd back down and, and we have john Conz on the guitar and he'd play some sweet riff and the rest of us are all kind of backing down just kind of keeping the rhythm going but just enough to submit to the instrument being highlighted even you know, rarely do I get to hear a, a harmonica solo. So I was, uh, I was pleased by that. That was so much fun to hear. And, but you notice, if you, if you saw or noticed, the rest of the instruments sort of backed out a little bit, whether it's the harmonica or the piano or whatever is being played. It's not a perfect illustration, but it is nevertheless an illustration for good, pure submission. There's a problem, I think, that we face in that we, in our time, have become allergic to the word submission because it has been so badly twisted by our culture, by our history. It, we, I think of uh, the idea of domination has been linked almost inseparably from this idea of submission, echoing all the way back to Eden when the curse was pronounced on Eve has said, you know, your, your desire will be contrary to your husband and he shall rule over you. That's not in some nice way. That is in a relationally domineering fashion. And of course that doesn't just affect husbands and wives, does it? It affects every relationship. And that gave way to things like chauvinism and, you know, uh, male domination, or in some cultures it would be female domination, depending on what point in history you're looking at. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, it could be joked about, it's really not a joke, in that, you know, you have this idea of of a modern man who uh, is is pretty much a deadbeat and yelling into the kitchen, hey, woman, make me a sandwich. And like, there's some like ha-ha chuckles to that, but why is that? Why is that a thing? It's because submission has been utterly twisted. I would even take it even further to say modern forms of slavery. It's not that long ago the African slave trade was rampant, and the sheer evil of humanity was manifested in that kind of forced submission. I think of sex trafficking or human trafficking that happens quite possibly down the road, and what that means. So yeah, it makes perfect sense that we have developed an allergy to the word submission. Are we content to stay there, though? Or can we see a different version of it? Can we look at the Trinitarian dance partners and see them modeling perfect submission. And I use the word model intentionally because modeling is, is, has this idea, this implicit uh, reality that I'm doing something so that you can see and replicate. It's not just performing for the sake of entertainment the Trinitarian dance partners have been forever, eternally, perfectly submitting to one another in a beautiful way. And I would posit that they model that for us. So just like my family and I, we have to trust our instructions and we, we need to uh, watch, uh, like on YouTube, we want like to watch people play and, and we learn to hopefully at one point reflect uh, what it is we're learning. In the same sense, we as followers of Jesus can learn to trust our instructor, our eternal instructor. We're going, we're going to learn to watch the glory unfold before us, to see what submission perfect submission looks like. And then we get to reflect that to each other. So open up your Bibles if you would to John chapter 16. John 16 verses 12 to 15. Just a short little blip today but we're going to go ahead and read that and I'm going to have Sam come on up and declare God's word to us. The scripture this morning can be found on page 902 in the Pew Bible. are the words of Jesus to his disciples, beginning in verse 12 of chapter 16 in John. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Sam. So the first uh, first little chunk we're going to look at is right at the very beginning of our passage in verses 12 and 13 we're looking at trusting the instructor who of course is the spirit of truth the holy spirit i want you to look at the verbs in verses 12 to 13 you see things like guiding he will guide you he will speak not which is his own but what he gets from me he will declare to you things that are to come he's guiding he's speaking he's declaring sounds a lot like an instructor doesn't it so what exactly is he teaching Again, just like I'm trusting that my Highland Bagpipe Tutor book one is going to show me how to play and all the rest of the different ways of learning different instruments, we're trusting that they are truthful. They also are helping us distinguish what is actual versus what is not a proper way of playing. Or to use a dance dance theme, showing us how to do a certain dance and how that distinguishes from another dance. A waltz is different from a polka, which is different from a river dance. If I had my kilt on, I'd illustrate. We'll see. Some of you are like, no, don't do that. Don't. Spare us. But isn't that important to know what this doesn't look like? Let's go back to our, our big problem, is that the nature of submission has been utterly twisted. It's very important that we have this truthfully taught to us so that we don't contribute, accidentally or otherwise, to the problem of... This, uh, the twistedness of submission, of using power in a way that is self-seeking, etc., etc., etc. There's a lot at stake. If the spirit of truth had been submitted to in the ages past, we wouldn't have the problems we have today. I love verse 12. I find some comfort in it, actually. It says, Jesus is talking to the disciples, these people who we think are, you know, all oh, these guys had it together. Judas, not so much. But the rest of them, yeah, they had it. And Jesus is like, yo, you guys, I, I want to tell you so much, but you can only handle so much right now. And they learned, of course, over time and as the spirit fell at Pentecost and so forth. But I find comfort in that, knowing that I can, as the trainee, I can have some grace with myself, a little bit of patience. And with other trainees, I can have grace. I can have patience. Because we don't all get it at once, and that is OK. It's not like the Matrix, where you like call in the operator the movie Matrix a while ago, and you, you know, hey, I need to learn how to drive an Apache helicopter. Bzz, bzz, all right, I can do it. Great. Like, that's not how it works. It's slow and progressive. Over time, it's a crock pot, not a microwave. Another illustration I would use, I feel like I need to use so many illustrations that I would use here, would be like an anchor. The Holy Spirit sort of is like an anchor. Can't necessarily see him. And on that, I, kind of, I, will, lie, I will defer to Jesus also saying something similar about the Spirit being like the wind. But like an anchor, the Spirit You can't always see him, but he's holding you in place. Like you would keep those big, tall flagships from running adrift and being destroyed on the shore, they set the anchor out a little ways from shore. In the same way, the Holy Spirit, you don't always see him, but he keeps you from running ashore and destroying yourselves and others. That's what it means to rely on and trust to the instructor the spirit of truth. So as we learn to trust the instructor, then the next thing, at least that I do, is to watch. Let, let me watch the master. Let me watch the glory here. Let me jump on YouTube. Let, I mean, come on, really. If you had a WikiHow versus a YouTube, what are you doing? you're probably going to go to YouTube. You're going to watch it. I want to see this in live action. I don't know how to do diddly on my house, but I've learned by watching lots of YouTube um, and so forth. So we watch the glory. And this is the last two verses of our section here, verses 14 and 15. And notice I've been using the word submission a lot, but then look at the word here. He will glorify, that's the spirit with truth, will glorify me, the son, and he will take what is mine and declare to you all that the father has is mine. I want to start to think about this and define some terms. To glorify something in very simple terms is to elevate, to lift up, to exalt. To submit is sort of the other side of the same coin. Now, not totally synonymous, but very close to being the other side of the same coin is to put oneself beneath another oftentimes you see, uh, you hear you're submitting to the authority, to the law, right? You're, you're putting yourself under it. And the reason I say they're kind of two sides of the same coin is because, well, as you submit to something, you are kind of de facto exalting it. As you glorify something, you're kind of de facto submitting to it. So that's why they're very similar. And I mentioned that authority is a common way of thinking about submission. And yes, authority involves submission just by nature, right? The other way around is not necessarily true, though. Submission does not necessarily involve authority. Why do I say that? Glad you asked. You ever wonder what it meant, like something like Romans 8, where it says you will be glorified? That's curious. Or in James uh, chapter 4, I guess, towards the middle, middle end, it says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will what? Lift you up. Curious. I would even suggest this, and this, this is hard for me to say. I, I feel like I'm treading a very fine line on almost heresy. but in a sense, and if we go by that reasoning, the Son of God submitted to us. Not that we became his authority. We did not become God, sovereign over the universe. But he submitted himself as a servant. He became obedient even to death on a cross. He was born in a nasty feeding trough. To a teenager who, we know the story, but everyone else in town was like, yeah, she did it before marriage. (laughs) If that ain't submission, I don't know what is. If that, like I feel like I need to have the worship team come up and we need to sing a song like right now because that's amazing. Like that, why would he do that? He submitted himself to us to take the wrath of the Father So we could become clean? What? I deserve one thing hell. Everything else is a gift. As one pastor has said. So you see the Son of God in this way, in this kind of submission, and you see the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Submitting to each other, not that one is better or domineering over the other. It's an eternal, perfect dance of submission, of glory. I, I don't have quotes too often. I know uh, Brian has many quotes. I hardly ever have one. Uh, so I have a quote for you. Brian will be proud. I don't even really know how to say their names. I wasn't looking for a quote. I was just reading a commentary and said, wow, that's a good way of putting it. So John Peter Lang and Philip Schaff, or Schaaf, I don't know how to say it, uh, said this. The sole aim of the Son is to glorify the Father. The sole aim of the Spirit is to glorify the Son. I love this part. A mysterious rivalry, so to speak, of divine love whose very essence is to do all for the beloved that's what we're watching that's what we're invited to spectate this mysterious rivalry to see this infinitely perfect submission of love in the trinity the question is, how do we watch it? We need a medium by which we watch something. And You can get on your computer or your phone to watch YouTube. What is the medium or how is it that we watch this dance? And for that, I'd like to give a, a wee illustration. I'm going to have uh, the lights in the, in the sanctuary go off. And I would like you to look to the person next to you. If it's a spouse, look endearingly into their eyes. If it's not and you want to be creepy, look endearingly into their eyes. (laughs) And just hold it for a a minute. It's been five seconds and I can already feel the awkwardness. The teens are turning all kinds of colors of red. I didn't say stop looking. What are you all doing? Man, you guys would flunk, Simon says. <laughs> I think Brian passed that test. I don't know, he's high and something. Why did you look at me? Lights are on. I had a professor in college, Dr. Hurt, said, you know what, the Holy Spirit's kind of like a spotlight. Helps you see the Father and the Son. When it comes on, you, know, you can't really... Explain why. You just look. That's how it works. In a very scaled down kind of way. It's a good way of looking at it. You can't explain it, but the Holy Spirit shines a light on the Father and the Son. You're, you're, just, you're just drawn. You can ignore it. You can close your eyes and go, la, 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 la. Or you can look. You can trust your instructor. You can watch the glory. He will show it to you. He's very interested in you observing, seeing this eternal dance of submission. Of course, the point of all this is that we would then reflect. Reflect this kind of glory. Because if we if we just watch it and don't do anything with it, someone once says, and that we, it's like looking in the mirror and seeing all kinds of mess and walking away and doing nothing. <laughs> so I want to have you turn quickly to Ephesians chapter 5. It's a, I don't know, in your Bible, it's probably an eighth of an inch of pages to the right. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. It's a portion the scripture of the Apostle Paul's is writing to the church in Ephesus and he's talking about what it's like to be filled and even taken over or even intoxicated in a manner of speaking with the Holy Spirit. In other words, that you are completely controlled by the Spirit of God. And in verse 21, I, I, I for the sake of not turning this into a whole other sermon, I'll just read verse 21. Uh, these are different. as a list of things that happen as you uh, give way and you submit to God. Uh, But in verse 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. If we are allergic to the word submission, then this is gonna be something that we will conveniently gloss over. This is something that, we instead choose a path of fear of, of, of our way of thinking, our way of doing things, being overlooked or trodden upon, we will easily overlook this and dismiss it as archaic. We might not say those words, but our behavior deceives us. As uh, there's a, like a preaching team that just recently started. If you haven't heard, like there's a, um, like a podcast that uh, Brian started up called Deeper and Wider and it, they're in that session, there's a group of us that will get together and just toss around things about the, what the Lord's doing, about the scripture for the Sunday coming up or whatever. And um, it was Brian and Jonas and myself and uh, Chris Smith and we were in there just talking about it and one of them said, what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit do perfectly, we do imperfectly. And that's okay. Kind of like a child, kind of like a child who you know they're trying to do something, and then they kind of look up that, you know that look when they look up at mom and dad's like, is this right? Even if they can't talk yet, it's like, am I doing it right? And then they fall and bumble and whatever. It's so cute. Like, like I love when that stage when babies are just learning fine motor skills, and their, their heads are like flipping around, like all this stuff. It's so cute. But they're learning, right? They're learning something. And do we be like, how dare you not have fine motor control? No, or you're a jerk. One or the other. Um, some of you are like nervously laughing. Should I laugh at that? <laughs> no, no you, of course you wouldn't say that. You'd be like, "Oh, that's so adorable!" Like we're all gonna like pinch Ezekiel's uh, cheeks when he comes in around. Like, "Oh, that's so cute. love it." Love. And it's endearing. How much more is the Heavenly Father gonna be like? You're trying. I love it. I'm endeared to you. My heart is with you as you learn and fumble and bumble and I'm here, I'm, I'm going to forgive you. How much more? If we, being evil, <laughs> can ooh and ah over one who is learning life, how much more is our Heavenly Father going to graciously love us and give us all things? Verse 21, you can look around before and after verse 21, but I'm telling you, you're not going to find an exception clause. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, as long as they're not punks. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, so long as I do everything your way. It's not there, right? There is a, hey, look, I will love you despite things that might not be the way I want them to be about you. In fact, why else would you have something like that in there if the inclination of the human heart was not to do the opposite? And I love that this is how Jesus loved us, right? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet dead in our trespasses and sins. He came to us. And see the circle here, see the Trinitarian dance circle that we are reflecting and how we get caught up in it. Because, of course, the Spirit took the love of the Father and the Son and poured it into our hearts, Romans 5 says. And so then we can then watch this, trust our instructor, like, okay, now I get it. I can, I can start to love my neighbor a little bit more. I can love my enemy, oh my goodness, even more. Wow. And then what did Jesus say as he was talking to his disciples, Matthew chapter 25? He said, look, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. Lord, when do we see you naked or without clothes or in prison? or? Whatever? Yeah, you did it as unto me whenever you did it for the least of these. So the Father and the Spirit and the Son gave us everything we need. We reflect it to others, but when we do it to others, it's like we're doing exactly to Christ himself. And now do you see the circle repeating? All of a sudden, we are swept away in the Trinitarian dance of perfect, eternal, humble submission. So, will you watch the Trinitarian partners and reflect their submission? Will I? Isolate in your mind as we start to land the plane what comes to mind when you think of the word submission. Because you all have a preconceived idea of that word. Isolate that. Put that on the table before the Lord and just talk to him about it. Ask yourself, who is it in your life that you're struggling to submit to and why? If you're part of a community group, you'll have more time to dig in. I have those same questions in the the questions there. Who are you struggling to submit to in this kind of way, not the weird twisted way? I mean, we'll start easy. Let's say boss, manager, El Jefe, whatever. Whether they're nice or whether they're jerks, we're called to submit. We're called to work as unto Christ, not just when they come and watch. It's part of submitting. Submitting. Yeah, but you don't know how, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. You've all been there. <laughs> Any managers in the room will even tell you themselves, yeah, there's times I lead well and there's times I don't lead very well. <laughs> how about your spouse? The historical chauvinism of this world has said, yeah, it says wives submit to your husbands. Did you look a verse ahead of it? Submit to each other. Peter even tells us husbands dwell with her wives honorably as a fellow heir of Christ. So it's mutual. There's a mutual submission that says, I want to put your needs in front of mine. This is not doormatism. Because when both partners, when both spouses are doing it, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, it's wonderful. It's kind of like the band where like, I, I want to submit so that you can shine. And then when the other person's like, yeah, I also want to take my turn in submitting and letting you shine. That's, that's incredible. That's how it's supposed to work. How about children submitting to your parents, whether they're great parents or not? And that looks different after you're out of the home and The relationship changes a bit, but there's still an honoring your parents. There's still a form of submission. Again, it might not look the same as when you were 10. But there's still that loving, eternal, perfect submission that you can reflect. Here's a weird one. How about parents submitting to your children? Remember, it doesn't have to involve authority. It's not like they all of a sudden become the parents. Please don't do that. It's half the reason for the... Never mind. I, whoops inside voice Asa, reel it in reel it in baby but still to say to put their needs before your own to platform them to be disciples of Jesus to give them the time that you'd rather be doing this or that or the other or how about like apologizing to them it's a form of loving perfect holy submission to one's children, I had to do that this weekend. It was—I forget which day it was—but the the kids were um, in a com- mode of complaining, and I did not respond well. I was I was I was firm, and my my, my, my uh, initial response was uh, justifying myself. Baloney, you're being a punk, Dad. They didn't say that; I said that, <laughs> just to clarify. And I had to apologize to them. That's humbling, especially if you have to do it as many times as I do. Submitting to your children is a thing. Submitting to your friends—I mean, sometimes that sounds easy, but sometimes when there's a rift, there, they have a in your friend circles where you were friends and close, and now something happened. And well, how about your enemies? You know, whatever social circles you find yourselves in, it could be a coworker, it could be someone here at church. I don't know. What would it look like to submit to them? And why do we struggle so much to do that? I'll give you a little um, high-level reason. We'll close here. It's fear. The reason we don't want to submit, I suggest, is because we're afraid of what will happen if we do. I have to now all of a sudden put my okayness in your hands. especially when things have been so twisted by submission, that could be a scary thing. And that's even the reason why submission is twisted in the first place by people who have that kind of power is because just the same. They're afraid of losing their way of life, their standard, their comfortability, fill in the blank. So as you begin to answer this question, Why do I struggle to submit to X, Y, and Z person? Fear might be a path worth sniffing down. Where am I afraid? Why am I afraid? So I'm going to have the uh, team come up, the music team, and they're going to lead us in just a, a, a response to this. I want you to let yourself wrestle with these Topics of submission, what do I think about it? Am I submitting to Christ? Am I submitting to my fellow human? And coming up to the front to either pray on this side, kind of on your own, or on this side to pray, have someone pray over you, for you, with you, is helpful. It's a way, actually, ironically, it's a way of breaking through a little bit of fear. (laughs) when you kind of engage your body in that process of coming up and praying. Not saying you have to, not saying there's something magical that happens. I am saying that it, it is engaging your body in prayer is, a, is, is a, It's hard to really explain. It's just good, okay? <laughs> Wrestle with these things. Consider that you're actually staring into the eternal trinity and that they're not hiding it from you. He is revealing perfect submission. Let's pray, Jesus. You are so ridiculously good. The way that you interact with the Father and the Son, and that you're all one—it's just ah, mind explodes. Like that's like keep us in that place. Keep us in a place of amazement at you, at your eternal glory. Holy Spirit, please continue to shine that spotlight. Capture our attention. Capture our gaze. Lord, you say that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness and so we trust that and we claim that so we can submit to one another. Forgive us for the times when we don't. Lord, thank you for loving us first. Let us love others in response. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.